Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Welcome on Taylin Michael. Taylin, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing so great. That, that was an awesome introduction. I'm, I'm humbled. Thank you so much. That's an honor. Yeah, we're going to jump into that, man, because honestly, I was thinking about Billy Graham and I don't want to diminish Billy Graham at all. We know we know him as the legend of evangelism. He reached more people in person than anybody. And 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 like a Reinhard Bonnke as well. These guys were just legends. They paved the way. But I do want to say God is doing a new thing right now. We are living in a digital age, a time where everyone is online. And so who will God raise up? And I don't want I'm not I don't say this lightly, but who will God raise up that's going to be the digital Reinhard Bonkies? the digital Billy Grahams. Like you see Reinhard Bonnke, who I, I had the privilege of getting to preach with on several occasions. I think his biggest meeting was like six or seven million, which is incredible. That's absolutely amazing. But on the flip side, you're reaching hundreds of millions, no exaggeration, hundreds of millions of people a month. So I want you to know that it's absolutely incredible. It's historic. This has never happened before, Taylor. And I, I, don't, I know you know this, but you probably don't like realize it because you're the one doing it. But this has never happened before in human history. We are actually living in an unprecedented digital revival that the earth has never seen before. God is raising up these end time voices that are preaching with boldness, that are preaching with fire, that are preaching with anointing, that are unapologetic about their faith. And so I want you to know, I know you you know, you know, look up to me and I appreciate you and all that, but I want you to know, man, I'm honored to have you on here. I think what God is doing with you is absolutely historic. I want to make sure that I honor that as somebody who is an online creator for the last few years, somebody that's been giving my life to uploading every day and doing what you you're doing as well but man i want to honor you we'll jump into your testimony we'll jump into youtube your story and then we'll also jump into the anointing we have a lot to cover but man i wanted to just honor you and just say thanks so much for being on the broadcast tonight uh well i, I really do appreciate it and for those that that don't know isaiah he hit on it a little earlier I mean, I'm so thankful for Isaiah. I'm thankful for the opportunity because when I didn't have anyone following me on YouTube, back when I first started to kind of get banned on TikTok and I was making the switch over to YouTube, I, I had less than 3,000 subscribers. And Isaiah had me on as a guest, which was awesome. It added credibility to the channel and it helped me to reach more people. So I, I honor you for that. And I thank you for believing in me when, uh, I mean, I could barely believe in myself. I didn't have too much going for me at the time. But on, it's the man. hand of I God, love man. It. It's the it. favor of God, 100%. It's a grace. I genuinely believe I had the honor of teaching a social media uh, evangelism course just yesterday at our church here in Ruston, Louisiana, Faith Church with Pastor Stan and Mary Pody. And I was talking about social media evangelism. It's a literal grace. For people that don't know too much about Reinhard Bonnke, he had a literal grace that came on him when he was allowed back into Nigeria. Nigeria was a Muslim nation ruled by a Muslim president, and they kept him out when he was doing his crusades. Wow. Well, when that president died and they allowed him into Nigeria, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, I'm going to give you a supernatural harvest. I believe what's happening on social media right now is a supernatural harvest. If people are wi willing to just be hungry, uh, like William Seymour said so many years ago, if you're, if you're willing to light yourself on fire with the kerosene of the Holy Ghost, the world will come to watch you burn. It doesn't matter if it's on a camera, if it's on a stage, wherever, whatever. If you're willing to light yourself on fire for God, 
the world will come to watch you burn, especially in these last days. And uh, I mean, I had I had humble beginnings. I posted on my Instagram. Uh, people can find the picture from a couple weeks back when I hit the one million mark on YouTube. And I did a, a remembrance just honoring God. And thanking God for what he's done for me in the last year and a half, two years. Because even two years ago, I started with a little ring light. $20 ring light that I bought from Walmart because I was broke. I didn't have anything. I just started with where I was. I started with what I had. It was a phone and a ring light in a basement. And I just started preaching the gospel. The Lord said, start preaching on TikTok. I just started preaching on TikTok. I was laying out the word. The Bible is God's word. It never returns void. He said, it will always accomplish what I send it to do. So I would just get online. I just start preaching, letting it rip when I had zero followers, just like everybody else when they start. And uh, two and a half years later, here we are now. The Lord has blessed it. The wind of the Holy Ghost has come upon it. And we're about to hit 2.6 million. And my goal is to hit 10 million by the end of next year. And I believe anyone watching right now, you're going to be a part of it. Connect yourself to Isaiah. Connect yourself to this ministry. Connect yourself to what God is doing. And you'll play a very essential role as well. Taylor, I want to add something into this. If our channels were about us and about cars or vlogs or whatever channel, then it would be vain. All the numbers we gave you guys would not matter. You'd say, well, who cares? You're just, your channel's all about you. But if you look at your channel and even my channel, every single thing we're preaching is about Jesus, is about the Holy Spirit, is about the Bible. So guys, you guys might say, well, the numbers don't matter. And they they absolutely do matter because your unsafe friends and family that are on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, we're trying to reach them. We're trying to reach your friends and family. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So how better could we go into the world than actually going into people's homes through their televisions. It's one thing, Taylor, to knock on a door and have that weirdness of like, I'm at your front door trying to share the gospel. It's another thing when you can get into somebody's TV. You can get, think about this, you're getting into their phone, their personal space, preaching the gospel message to them. So man, we need a thousand Talons to rise up, a thousands of Isaiahs to rise up. This is, this is incredible what God is doing. This is where people are at. This is where God is reaching people. And this is a new move of the Holy Spirit. God says, I'm going to do a new thing. We know that Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, these didn't exist 15 years ago. These didn't exist in the Bible time. These were not biblical concepts of social media and cell phones. Yet here we are in a generation and God says, who will go for me? Who will be that representative on the earth for me? And this is everyone in the chat. There's 2,000 of you in the chat. Every one of you, God is sending you somewhere. Where is God sending you? For us, God is sending us on social media. You know my story. I was a conventional pastor, traveling preacher. I was giving my life for this. Every weekend, I was in a different state. And then God... and months months of wrestling said you're going to go online you're going to go online i'm like i don't understand why i don't want to i don't want to go online i don't want to preach in front of a camera but i knew the holy spirit was speaking and that god was doing something new in my life and some of you watching this is your prophetic sign this is your prophetic word to just hit record just hit record open up your phone start posting videos start sharing your testimony and start going after god and sharing the gospel okay so what i want to do Taylor, let's start with who is Taylor Michael? What is your story? You have many of the people in the chat don't know your story, but one of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard. There's people watching Taylor that say, well, my parents aren't ministers. I wasn't raised in church. My parents weren't pastors, you know, all this. And I, there's no way I could be like Taylor or Isaiah. These guys are preachers. They were raised to preach, not realizing I was literally a self-proclaimed atheist 12 years ago. And you 
from my understanding, didn't have this Bible college upbringing, yet here you are, God has put you in the very front light, the limelight of what he's doing in these last days, and share some of your story with us, how you got saved, how you got started, and then we'll talk a little bit about the YouTube explosion, and then we're going to talk about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. I mean, I was was raised as far away from God as you can basically get. Like, I think there's John Ramirez, and then there's like me. That was basically... (laughs) Is if I were to go any further away from God, it would have been John Ramirez. Uh, I, the only thing I wasn't was a practicing Satanist. That's the only way I can say it. But uh, I was not raised in a holy family. I was not raised in a family that feared God. I, I honor my family. I love my family. I love my parents. I don't dishonor them at all. The Bible is very clear about honoring your parents. Uh, but my family did not serve the Lord, and most of them still do not wow. serve the Lord. I grew up not knowing God. I grew up uh, in in a home of alcohol, of drugs, of physical abuse. I grew up in a very, very broken environment. And because I grew up like that, it actually made it hard for me to believe in God. Because you think, I mean, the number one lie that the devil feeds to people that don't know the Bible, they don't know the truth, is that if there's such a good God that loves all of you, how is all this evil stuff happening in the world? Well, the devil, his number one tactic is to make you blind to him. He wants you to blame everything on God and forget that he's a part of the equation. But all the bad that's in this world is because of the devil. John 10.10 Mm. is the gospel in one verse. Jesus said, the thief, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. But I didn't know that. I wasn't saved. I didn't know the Lord at all. And uh, I'll, I'll skip the beginning years of my life. I ended up striving and being excellent in sports. And I, I got a football scholarship to go from California, Big Bear, California, which is in Southern California, is where I was raised, to go play football in Iowa at a small Christian college. And uh, my idea was I'm going to go to this school on a scholarship have some of my education paid for, and then I'll transfer out to a D2 or a D1 school. And eventually, like every person that plays athletics, I wanted to go to the big leagues. I wanted to go to the NFL. But when I got to college, I ended up slipping into the same party scene that just about everybody else slips into. I was drinking almost every night. I was popping Adderall when I wasn't prescribed it just to encourage myself to go to class and get my homework done. And then my junior year, my pride had caught up to me. And I ended up having a severe injury in my right hip. My entire femur was dislocated out of my hip, tore the labrum, and my career with football was over. My scholarship was stripped because I got in so much trouble. I actually got kicked out of this Christian college twice for partying. I was a heathen. If you ask them to this day, you could be like, who's the worst guy that ever went to this school? Guarantee you, they'll say it was me. (laughs) And uh But anyway, while I'm at that school, I get kicked out. And when I got kicked out the second time, my life was in such a terrible place. And uh, I turned to alcohol. I turned to women. I turned to relationships. I turned to drugs. I didn't know where else to go. My life just went a downhill very, very quickly. And eventually I hit rock bottom where I had a moment. It was like a, a Jesus moment, I'll call it, where I cried out to God. And I said, God, if you're really real, I want to encounter you. And this guy named Mike met me shortly after that. And I used to do a lot of personal training. He started to train me in sales. He he was a great colleague and friend and mentor of mine. But he started planting seeds of the gospel in my heart. This is important. I want people to hear this. The word of God is incorruptible seed. That's what the book of Peter says. You've been born again of incorruptible seed. 
God's word never fades away. The earth will fade away, the heavens will fade away, but my word remains forever is what Jesus said. And this man used to, he, he started planting the word of God's seed in my heart and he began to water it and God brought the increase. And eventually Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I had faith in my heart to get born again. It was like one day, and this was in October. It was either September, or October, 2017. I had faith in my heart that Jesus Christ was the son of God and that he came in the flesh and he died for me. And he asked me on that day, I, I want to say it was September 25th, 2017. It was right around there. He said, Talon, do you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior? And I said, I do. And he baptized me in the Black Hills of South Dakota on a business trip. And that next weekend, nothing changed. But at the same time, everything changed. I remember I went to a party the next weekend. Like my lifestyle had not changed. But when I got to that party, and I started partaking in the things I used to partake in. I had conviction in my heart for the Come first on. time. When you get born again, what happens is the, the, the veil is removed. And for the first time in my life, I could see sin for what it was. And I stopped, wow. it, like, it, it, it halted me. And I was like, whoa, I don't do this anymore. I'm a Christian. And so I began to walk away from that old lifestyle. That's called repenting. A lot of people think confession of sin is repenting. That's Come just on, one Taylor. part. Repent is to turn away from your sin. Someone needs to hear that tonight. Repenting is no longer taking action in those things you used to take action in. So I turned away from that sin. And as I began to turn away from the world, I started getting closer to God. And I got this hunger in me. And I remember, uh, I'll give a shout out here to, to a man of God I respect. And one day I believe I'll meet him. But Todd White, I saw a Todd White YouTube video. I'm sure everybody watching this has seen at least one Todd White YouTube video. And he was laying hands on the sick in New York City, just praying for people. And I watched a woman get healed when he prayed for her. I had never encountered the power of God other than me getting born again. And everything inside of me screamed, you're supposed to do that for the rest of your life. It was the wow. Holy Ghost showing me my calling as an evangelist. And so I started hungering and thirsting after the power of God. I went up to a church that was about an hour away. I asked them to lay hands on me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I started going shaka baba, and uh, that, that was the end of that, man. I was just full of the Holy Ghost. I started going to Walmart, praying for people, going to the gym, praying for people, restaurants, praying for people. I'd pick up my phone and just start praying for people and preaching the gospel. And uh, fast forward a couple years later, the Lord, by His grace, has brought me where I am today. Wow, absolutely incredible. I was thinking as you're sharing how God can take somebody you say was the worst person at all of the Christian college, was so far out there. And I think about how when I was living in the world, I had zero desire or plan to ever serve God in my life. Like I didn't, it was nowhere on my radar. There wasn't even like a 1% chance that Isaiah Saldivar would become a preacher or get saved. And then God in his grace and mercy takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And, and there's some watching saying, well, God could never use me, but listen to Taylor's story. How does God take these broken, contrite, dirty, filthy vessels, cleanse us with his spirit and power, and then use us to preach his gospel. It's absolutely mind-blowing to me, and I even get emotional talking about it because I look back at how unworthy I was. This is the message I was talking about this last night of the true good news of Jesus is not just invite him in your heart. The true good news is you get to die. You actually get to die and be resurrected a new man in Christ. The Bible says that we are crucified 
with Christ and we rise with Christ. That baptism was like the Bible likens to when God flooded the earth and killed every wicked person in Noah's day. That old wicked man that goes down in the water, you come up a brand new man. And then it also likens baptism to when the children of Israel were going through the Red Sea and God drowned the Egyptians. And baptism is that drowning of the old man. This is the message the world is longing for, that you spent years breaking every single one of God's laws. You spent years mocking God, cursing God, doing everything at war against God in rebellion. And God in his infinite wisdom, grace, and mercy says, I'm going to give you a chance to die to self, be born again, let go of your old life, and start completely fresh. This is the message we need to get out to the world, Taylor. You can start over. There is yeah. no therapist, no pill, no doctor, no, you could have a billion dollars and you can't buy a fresh start. Yeah, this is what the gospel affords us. This is the good news that whoever's listening tonight, I know people in here say, man, I'm dealing with drugs, man, I'm dealing with addiction. I can't stop. God can never use me. That the Holy Spirit says this, that Jesus in his word says this, tonight you can start over. You can die to self become a new person as if you'd never sinned before. In fact, the Bible says that God throws our sin in the deep sea and for, and remembers it no more. That God says, I'm not just gonna forgive you, I'm gonna forget your sin. So we don't have to keep every day repenting the, over the same sins when God says, I don't even know what you're talking about. I forgot what you are even saying that right now, Acts 2.38, you can repent. And I just feel the Holy Spirit so strong tonight, man. You can repent turn from your sin as Taylor just said and you could be the next Reinhard Bonnke of your generation you could be the next Billy Graham of your generation I do I do believe this this is not just us teaching you guys or us preaching you guys this is the Holy Spirit reaching into your life encountering you convicting you and inviting you into a born-again experience you're like, well, I can't go back in my mother's womb and start over I have a reputation that's the beauty of the gospel Jesus wipes your reputation Jesus cleanses you. He renews you. He restores you. This is what we're talking about tonight. This born again experience, the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's jump into a little bit here, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, because this is something, Taylor, us that are Pentecostal charismatic, which we, if you're in the chat and you believe in Pentecost and you believe in the spiritual gifts, just so you know, you're Pentecostal and charismatic. Okay. Like, well, I'm not a charismatic. Well, if you believe in the charismata, the grace gifts, then you are considered charismatic. So us that believe in this, that preach this, we talk a lot about the anointing. We need the anointing, that song is anointed, that person is anointed. What is, give us some basic definitions here, some basic teachings on the anointing, and we'll tag team this, but the anointing of the Holy Spirit, why is it so significant? Because what I'm believing for tonight is not just that we teach you guys, but that the Holy Spirit, at the end of this broadcast when we pray, the Holy Spirit would anoint you. One thing that happened to Taylor was that the Holy Spirit anointed him. One thing that's happened in my life that's, I would not be here without the anointing is the Holy Spirit anointed me. The reason why we're doing this online stuff, when I first started Taylor, I was like, I don't want to be in front of a camera. I have right now my episode one, don't go watch it please, but I have episode one on my YouTube channel. And I know people are gonna get mad that I say this because they're like, it wasn't cringe brother, it was the Holy Spirit. It, to me, it was so cringe. It was so, I'm like, dude, it was the worst, but the Holy Spirit anointed me to do it. The only reason I'm continuing on is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. People say, man, I just, something was different when I heard you speak. Something was different when I encountered, when I met you. That's that anointing, that empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So let's jump into this, Taylor, and talk to us a little bit about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing will change your life. And wow. I'll tell you this, a lot of people, they'll, they'll say this, you know, you might get a religious person or whatever that'll think this way and speak like this. 
They'll say, I, I heard this come out of someone's lips, and that's why I'm, I'm going to attack it right now just to we'll get any religious people that might be in the chat to leave right away because this will stir <laughs> religious on. feathers. But uh, I remember listening to a religious person one time say, all these preachers, they just want to talk about the anointing this, the anointing that. We need to get back to the word. Well, newsflash. Jesus didn't even start his ministry until he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. And mm. Jesus is the word that became flesh. So if the Son of God himself had to be anointed to start his ministry, we need the anointing to be in the ministry. The anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God's Holy Spirit on your life. Come on. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says how Jesus was anointed by God to go around doing good and healing all that were oppressed. But it says what he was anointed with. Anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And then he went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed. In the Greek, that word, doing good, it's the same Greek word we get the word philanthropist from. So Jesus didn't go just laying hands on the sick. He was a Holy Ghost philanthropist. When the anointing comes on you, you become a Holy Ghost philanthropist. The power of God is made manifest in your life. Your shadow will heal people like Peter's did in Acts chapter 5. These signs will follow you when you believe. God's word is activated by the anointing, by the Holy Spirit. Remember, the, in, back in the beginning, this is, this is Genesis, the beginning, the basics of Christianity. It says that God's spirit hovered over the earth. And as God spoke, the Holy Spirit confirmed the word. So when you walk in the anointing, as you speak and declare and act on God's word, the power of his spirit comes behind you to make it easy. The Holy Spirit is likened to oil. The, the oil in the Old Testament is a prophetic symbol of the anointing. Well, shepherds would use oil to cover their sheep, to keep mm. them safe from bugs, which would be demonic spirits and weapons from the enemy, to keep them sealed, to keep them safe, and to make it smooth. The anointing makes things smooth. Zechariah 4.6 says, It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. So when you're anointed by God... Things that used to be hard become very easy. Doors you could never open on your own just suddenly start to blow open. Promotions you could never get on your own just enter into your life. Relationships, signs, wonders, miracles, all the things that you could never do in your natural strength are byproducts of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And if you believe that, I want you to type in the comments right now, I receive a fresh anointing. Come on. Come on. I think too, there's a cost to the anointing. A lot of people want, I want to be anointed. I want Isaiah's. First of all, I, maybe you could disagree with me on this, Taylor. So many people come up to me and say, I want, I want your anointing. Will you lay hands on me to receive the anointing? And in my mind, I'm like, why would you want my anointing when you could have the anointing of the Holy Spirit? You don't, trust me, God has given me an anointing to do what I've been called to do. And that is the anointing. It's a supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do supernaturally what you otherwise couldn't do without it. Without the anointing, I, and I'm, I'm just going to say this boldly, I literally couldn't preach. If I don't have the anointing, I can't preach. I can't prophesy. I can't lay hands on the sick. I can't do deliverance. I have, I am deathly afraid of losing the anointing because I know if I get up there to preach, I don't use any notes. I'm like, I am just going to drown here without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But I know this also about the anointing. The anointing has a price. Anytime I ask the Lord, I want a fresh anointing. I want a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit. The Lord's like, you know the price. You know what it's going to cost. It's a lay down life. The fire falls on sacrifice. And so I, I've paid for my oil. 
I've paid for my anointing. When the foolish virgins and the wise virgins were together, the foolish virgins said, give us some of your oil, which we know represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the, the wise virgins said this, go buy your own oil. Don't be coming trying to hobo my anointing, trying to ask for my anointing. In fact, right. when Saul lost the anointing, the Bible says he grabbed onto Samuel and ripped Samuel's garment. Samuel responds and says, and the same way you've just ripped my garment, the Lord has ripped the kingdom from you. When you lose the anointing, the first thing you do is try to grab onto those that have the anointing. And God is saying to you tonight, don't come and grab on my shirt. And I tell people this, even at events we do, and I understand people are so desperate, but people literally grab my shirt like I have this, oh, I need you to come pray for me. No, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't need Isaiah Saldivar to lay hands and impart a special anointing on you. Now, we can lay hands on people like Paul did, and they could receive the Holy Ghost, and that is biblical, but this idea I want to come against where if the man of God doesn't lay hands on me, I can't do what God's called me to do. Right now, you can ask the Holy Spirit to anoint you. You don't need to wait on Talon. You don't need to wait on Isaiah. You can walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And back in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Dear children, this is the last hour. Look at this, Talon. We are, this is 2,000 years ago, and John says, this is the last hour. So in my yeah. mind, if we were in the last hour 2,000 years ago, we're probably in the last few minutes right now. But he says this, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. So right now, we also know, not only are we in the last moments of human history, but we know that the Antichrist is on his way. The Antichrist hasn't come, but the Antichrist, as we are on here live right now, the Antichrist is coming. He says, even now, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. So we know because many Antichrists have risen up, not the Antichrist, but many antichrists have come. And then he says in verse 19, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their, but their going showed that they never belonged to us. And then look at what John says in verse 20, the whole, the whole scene changes. He says, but you, and somebody type that in the chat, but you, but you have an anointing from the Holy yeah. One, and all of you know the truth. So this idea that, oh, I'm so afraid that every day there's a new Antichrist and we're, we don't know. And in th the book of Th Thessalonians, it says that you're not going to be surprised when the Lord returns because you are children of the light, that you are not in darkness. We are going to be aware because we have an anointing from the Holy One. So the Holy One, who is the Holy Spirit, which let me just give you guys a free nugget here. Maybe you haven't heard my revelation on this. It's very simple. The Holy Spirit's name is actually holy. Because we know that spirit spirit is not a name, it's a definition. So the word ghost and spirit are the same word. We call the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit because it's defining what he is. He is a spirit, but actually spirit is not a name. He's the Holy One. That's the Holy Spirit. His actual name is Holy. So the Holy One, who is the Holy Spirit, has given you an anointing and all of you know the truth. So the reason why we're able to come here tonight, speak the truth and know the truth, what distinguishes us from the Mormons, which by the way, use the Bible, the Jehovah's Witnesses, which by the way, use the Bible. And you guys didn't know, Masons Ma yeah, Masons use the Bible. Muslims regard the Bible as a holy book. So how are they all using our Bible, but not walking the truth? Because they don't have the anointing of the Holy One that leads you into truth. Remember, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's going to come and lead you into all truth. So we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be led into truth. This idea that there's a few select ones that have the anointing. It's only the men of God is not biblical, but you 
you in the chat, the 2,500 of you watching, have an anointing from the Holy One. And tonight, I believe as we're speaking, as we're prophesying, as we're teaching the word, the Holy Spirit is being poured out upon you. And Taylin, I'll pass it back to you. I'm asking tonight for the Holy Spirit to anoint me. I am praying, Lord, I need a fresh anointing. Lord, I need fresh oil. I don't want to be like the foolish virgins. I don't ever want to think I'm so anointed that I don't need the anointing. There's a difference between gifting and anointing. Have you ever, Taylor, been in a service where somebody's preaching and they sound good? It's like every word sounds good. They have the preacher voice, but it's dry. And you're thinking like, when is this going to be over? It's like, have you ever been in a meeting where it feels like they're up there for four hours and you're just like, please stop preaching, but you can't point your finger on it. You're like, it sounds right. They sound good, but the difference is they have no anointing. That anointing is what captivates hearts. That anointing is what empowers you to preach the word with authority. That anointing is what lets you discern between right and wrong, between truth and false. So there's some guys out there that are gifted, but they're not anointed of God. And you can tell my uncle always told me this. My pastor and my uncle always told me this. He said, Isaiah, you don't ever try to open doors. You don't ever have to worry about rubbing shoulders with big names. He said, they will see the anointing on your life. And for the last 12 years, I can tell you, I've never invited myself. I've never tried to make a name. I've never tried to open a door. The the men of God that God has used to help raise me up in these days, they've recognized the anointing on my life. And so if you're out there going, well, I'm never going to get invited. I don't know any big name pastors. Listen, neither did me and Taylor. And look at us now because the anointing of God came in our life. And they say this, real recognize real. Those that have the anointing, recognize those that have the anointing and it'll make room. It'll open the door for you. So pray tonight. This is an interactive broadcast tonight. Pray tonight, Lord, anoint me with your Holy Spirit. I need it. I literally can't do what you called me to do without the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and and we'll pray for people at the end. We'll And God will anoint you fresh. The Bible Come says on. that the expectation of the righteous will never be cut off. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty for more of God, if you're expecting a touch from heaven, you will receive it tonight. So believe big, expect big, set your heart up, ready to receive some fresh oil. Psalm 92.10 says that you exalted my horn and you anoint my head with fresh oil. There's always a fresh anointing that Come God's on. ready to pour on you, to move you up higher. But just like Isaiah said, I, I totally agree with you. The anointing, salvation is free. Now, it's not free. It's free for you, but it costs Jesus everything. Now, salvation is free, but the anointing will cost you everything. Mm. Catherine Kuhlman said that. She said, I die a thousand deaths before I go up to preach every single time. And she walked in the power of God. There was one time she walked out on stage and she didn't say a word for 60 seconds. And they had 63 people lined up in wheelchairs in the front row. And they said that simultaneously, all 63 of them got out of their wheelchairs and started running around the building. Wow. And she didn't say a word. But just like I said earlier, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of God. It's by the anointing. The anointing opens the doors. The Holy Ghost, He's the one that does the miracles. He performs the signs. You have to be a person, a vessel that's overflowing with the anointing of God. There was a time where I was praying. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. That's when the anointing first came on me. And I, it began. He began, the Holy Spirit began to unlock things that God had put inside of me, the gifts of the Spirit, and I started to realize my call. But I got hungry for the fire of God because the fire, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire is very, very real. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist said, I baptize you in water, but Come the on. one coming after me whose sandals I'm not even worthy to tie. He will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. 
That fire not only lights you on fire for the world to watch you burn, but this is key. I want you to pay attention here. He burns out every iniquity, every transgression, every impurity. The fire of God will burn all of you out of you. And then just like Galatians 2.20 says, it says, it's no longer I who live, but then it is Christ who lives in me. If you want to know how to be anointed greater, how to walk in a stronger anointing, a more effective anointing, 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Bible says that there's two different types of vessels that God uses in this world. There are honorable vessels and there are dishonorable vessels. Mm. Well, the honorable vessels of silver and gold are used for honorable things. But he says, Paul told Timothy, those honorable vessels are vessels that have chosen to purify themselves, to be holy and honorable vessels, not living in sin. If you clean yourself up by the word of God, if you clean yourself up by the Holy Ghost, you live a holy life, the anointing on your life will only increase. And, and like Isaiah said, there's nothing wrong. Oh, wow, this is great. We're at 2,500 people watching. This Come is on. awesome. Keep liking this broadcast. Keep sharing it with people. You guys are great. Like Isaiah said, impartation is very real. And we don't, we don't negate that at all. But you can't run around just trying to get impartation all the time. I, call, I say it this way. There's, there's impartable grace, and then there's conductible grace. Mm. You want to be a type of vessel that can conduct the anointing of God, conduct grace, where you're willing to, to produce that anointing in your life. Not just somebody that gets a little bit of oil rubbed on you, and then you run around, and after two or three months, it's gone because you got touched, you got a couple good feelings at a, at a tent revival or something like that, and now you're dry as a bone again. We don't want that. We want you to spend time with the one that anoints you. Remember, the sheep were anointed by their shepherd. The way that you get anointed with the oil is by spending time with your shepherd. Get in the secret place. Spend time with the Lord Jesus. Yes. Allow him to anoint you. And Psalm 23, 5 says this, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Your life will overflow with the mm. blessings of Psalm 23 when you get in the secret place and receive fresh oil from heaven. When you're willing to receive the oil of God, I'll teach you these things. Four things you must know about the anointing. Luke chapter 4. Jesus went up. He rolled the scroll of Isaiah out. Not this Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. <laughs> and he rolled the scroll of Isaiah out. And he began to preach to the congregation. And what did he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Come on. for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, liberty to the captive, sight to the blind, to bring uh, healing to, or, uh, 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 to open up prison doors for those that are prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what will happen in your life. When the Holy Ghost comes and the anointing comes, the curse of poverty has already been broken. But Isaiah 10, 27 says that the anointing destroys the yoke. So Jesus paid the price for poverty, paid the price for sin, paid the price for sickness and disease and everything that came when sin entered the world. The anointing is what blows it out of your life. So you get anointed, all that stuff that followed the devil, all the stuff that followed the sin, it just leaves. And all these heavenly things are attracted to your life and your cup overflows. I remember, I, I, and I'll, I'll ditch it back to you here. I was praying one day. And as I was fasting and praying, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do next? I, I didn't know what to do. I was studying, and I love to study the Word. I love to read. I love to spend time with the Lord. And I was studying. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do next? And he said, I want you to seek after the anointing. Come on. Seek after the anointing. 
And uh, he said, this is literally what the Holy Ghost told me. Like, it, it was almost like the audible voice of God. He said, everything you need is in the anointing. It's in the oil. It's in the glory. Uh, Philippians 4.19, it says, he will supply all of your needs according to his riches in what? In the glory. God's anointing, God's glory has everything that you need. And ever since that day, my life has never been the same. I've sought after the presence of God with everything in me. And everything else just simply gets added unto you. That's yeah. so good. I want to share right, first. You, you got me stirred up now. Come on, come on. First John 2.27, as for you, because some people are still not convinced, so we're going to keep hitting them with scripture here. As for you, so again, now he's talking to you again. He says, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you but as his anointing teaches yeah. you about all things and as that anointing is real so here we have john dropping bombs he says the anointing remains in you the anointing teaches you this is not isaiah or Talon making this up this is this is the this is john he says and the anointing is real i already know you're going to try to say the anointing's not real we don't need the anointing so he says it is real then he says not counterfeit just as it has taught you remain in him so the anointing actually teaches you. I learned, so I've shared this maybe two or three times in my testimony, for about three to six months, I would wake up in my early days of salvation, Taylin, wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning, preaching. I would be preaching throughout the night and I would, for several months, I wasn't waking up in my bed. I was waking up on the floor. I was waking up in the corner of the room. So mind you, I was going to sleep in my bed. Okay. I wasn't like sleeping on the ground. I would sleep, go to sleep in my bed. I would wake up into my body. I would be preaching. And then I would wake up in the morning on the floor, on my knees, somewhere in my room. What I didn't realize was that in the middle of the night, I would be preaching almost every single night. My mom, who's in the chat right now, would even say, I heard you preaching again last night. I heard you preaching again last night. But I realized what was happening. Actually, the anointing of the Holy Spirit was teaching me how to preach. Some people say, yeah. well, how'd you learn how to preach, brother, without notes? How did you learn how to preach? I literally never learned to preach from anybody. I never went to a class. I never went to cemetery to learn to preach. I mean, seminary. I learned to preach from the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the middle of the night, in my early days of salvation, the Holy Spirit came. Remember, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's going to come. In fact, this is John 14, 25. Jesus says to his disciples, these things I spoke to you while being present with you. So he says, I've been teaching you while I'm with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father is going to send in my name, he, capital H, because he's a person, not uh, just a woo thing that floats around, he will teach you all things. So what is the Holy Spirit going to teach me? This is according to Jesus, all things, and bring to remembrance all the things I said to you. So Jesus says, I'm leaving. I've been teaching you guys. I'm leaving, but now I'm going to teach you through the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and theologically, Jesus lives in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Because we know the Father's on the throne. Jesus, the Bible says, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and then... Jesus says, now that I've gone, it's actually, Jesus said, it's better that I go so that I can send the advocate, the paraclete, the lawyer, the Holy Spirit to come teach you. What am I, what is he going to teach you? Some things, a couple things, all things he's going to teach you. So how many of you know, I could teach you, Taylor could teach you, but the Holy Spirit is an infinitely greater teacher that could disciple you. Why is this important? Because some of you don't have a good solid church or believers around you. I didn't, I got saved and I lost all my friends. I had my uncle and my sister and my parents. That was it. I had no friends. And what, how was I able to learn all the things the Holy Spirit wanted to show me? The Holy Spirit was my teacher. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, who John says, and this correlates with what John said in John, uh, Jesus said in John 14. 
So John 14, Jesus says the Holy Spirit's going to teach you. First John chapter two, John says the anointing is going to teach you all things. And then he says the anointing's real. It's not counterfeit and remain in him, what the Holy Spirit has taught you. So we do see all throughout scripture in the New Testament, the anointing and the Holy Spirit side by side, the empowerment, the anointing of the Holy Spirit empowering us to do supernatural things. And, and let me make this clear before I pass it back to you. The anointing is not, God God does not anoint, and I know this is going to throw off a lot of people that got taught this their whole life. Biblically, God does not anoint songs. God anoints people. So I know we always say that song right. is so anointed, and that's okay to say, okay? I'm not saying don't say that anymore. I'm not trying to be a stickler when it comes to the like theological terms, but theologically, there's nowhere in the Bible where God ever anointed a song. God anoints people and people create anointed songs. That song might be anointed because someone who was anointed created the song with the power of the Holy Spirit. But if you have a secular artist go sing a worship song, there's going to be no anointing in the song. There has to be anointed anointing on the person. And this is where we go back to, you can be gifted musically but not anointed, not anointed, where nobody's moved to repentance. I have heard, Taylor, and I'm sure you have too, some people get up as we travel to churches, and let's just be honest, they could not sing at all. Like, everybody knows this person can't sing, but I'll tell you something, I have listened to some people, didn't have the right key, didn't have a good voice, maybe they were really, really young, and they got up there because there was no, the person that was supposed to sing didn't show up to church that night. And they begin to sing, and I feel it, the anointing, the power and the pride. Have y'all, type one of you experienced this. They were not hitting any key right, but the presence of God was on them and the presence of God moved. Some of the most powerful moments I've had in worship were with, were with people that could not sing at all, but the anointing was on them. That holiness was on them. The power of God was on them. So I'm contending for a generation that cares more about anointing than gifting. Anybody can be gifted. A secular artist could be gifted but God says, those that walk in purity, those that walk in holiness, those that walk in the spirit are anointed of God. And those are some people that God says I can work with. And let me just touch on this last thing and then I'll toss it to you. Luke 4, you just talked about. I want to note something in Luke 4. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking because he has anointed me too. So I want to mm -hmm. note what he says here. I'm not anointed to sit on the couch. I'm not right. anointed to sit on a pew. I'm not anointed to play video games 12 hours a day. I'm anointed to something to do. And then what does he say to do? He's anointed me, as you just said, to proclaim the good news, to set liberty to the captives, to recover sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So the point is this, I have not been anointed to watch Netflix all day. If you are listening right now and you your goal in life is just to watch Netflix all day and then show up to church and warm a chair for 1% on an hour on Sunday, don't ask for the anointing tonight. The reason mm -hmm. why we ask for the anointing is to, to lay hands on the sick, to cast out demons, to preach the gospel. I'm anointed to do something. God is not going to anoint me to do nothing. That's a waste of the anointing. We cry and say, I want the fire. I want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And God's like, why? You don't do anything. You never go lay hands on the sick. You never cast out devils. You never witness. You never disciple. You, you don't baptize people in your bathtub. You don't disciple people at your kitchen table. You don't lay hands on the sick. You literally don't do anything for me, but you're asking me to anoint you. So I think one of the ways we can cultivate the anointing is by creating a vacuum where we need the anointing. Like I'm going to put myself in uncomfortable positions where God, I need you to show up. So if I get on stage, I, Isaiah Saldivar knows he can't preach. I know that I literally can't preach without the anointing. So I'm going to put myself on a stage knowing 
I can't preach. Even though some of you think I can, I can't. I have no gifting to preach. I'm going to put myself in that position and I'm going to create an, a vacuum where I need God to show up now because without the anointing, I can't preach. So God says, okay, he needs me to show up. I'm going to go out and lay my hand on a sick person. I can't heal nobody. I have no power. You pray in Isaiah's name, nothing's going to happen. I promise you. No demons can cast out. No sick person can be healed. But if I go lay hands on the sick, knowing I have no power in myself, I could create a vacuum and a space for the anointing to show up. If I start casting out devils, we know that Luke 11 is by the finger of God. I need the anointing to show up. So one of the ways we can cultivate the anointing, and this is not ever hardly talked about, is putting ourselves in a place where we need the anointing. Like a lot of us live lives, let's just be honest, we don't really need the Holy Spirit to show up. Like, Lord, where are you? And God's like, well, what do you need me for? You don't pray. You don't read. You don't fast. You don't pray for the sick. You don't, you really don't do anything the disciples did in the Bible. And you're like, why don't I have the anointing of Peter? And Peter is out there preaching and laying hands on the sick, casting out devils. And you're sitting around on Netflix for four hours and TikTok for four hours watching people dance and do pranks. So we have to, as Christians, get off our lazy tail, and that's a nice way of saying it, go out and do the work and let the anointing of God show up in our lives. All right, I know I'm going long here. I just get so fired up talking about the anointing. Go for it, Taylor. Just no, feel free. You were, you were spot on. Everything that you said, you know, it, the Bible says if God can't trust, there's so many tests to the anointing. Like If you want to be anointed by God, there are tests that you must pass. Come on. And one of them, it says, if I can't find you faithful with unrighteous mammon, meaning the money test, that's what my pastor calls it, Pastor Stamponi, wow. the money test. If you, if I can't find you faithful with unrighteous mammon, Jesus said, how will he find you faithful with heavenly things, with real godly wow. things, the anointing, the oil, the, the power of God? There's tests in life that you have to be able to pass, that God is testing you. Catherine Kuhlman said uh, before she died, one of her last interviews, she said, when I turned 70, I could barely travel anymore. I was too old and my fleshly body wasn't capable to keep up like I could when I was younger. And I said, Father, why did you wait for me to be 70 to start walking in these kinds of signs and wonders and power? And he said, Catherine, if I would have given it to you when you were younger, it would have destroyed you. So wow. you have to have a character that will keep you where the anointing will take you. And that's crucial. You have to be willing to die to yourself and allow the anointing to take over and allow your character to become Christ-like, to walk like the Lord Jesus. And I want to stir people's faith up before we pray tonight. Keep liking this, keep sharing this, keep sending this broadcast to people. I want to stir you up and I want to tell you two testimonies of what I've seen the anointing of God do just from preaching the word. And it'll shock you because I believe that the same way that God has been in my life, he will be in your life after we leave this broadcast. And there was a couple of months ago, I was preaching in Iowa. And as I was preaching there, this it was a, a tiny, actually, like it was a house or a country club that was converted into a church. So it would have looked more like a house church. There was probably 60 or 70 people there. I had announced, announced the night before I was preaching. I said, I'm going to preach on healing. Tomorrow night, we're going to have a miracle service. I want you to bring anybody that's sick. Well, at the time, I mean, like, if you needed somebody to pray for your uncle's hurting back or some knee pain, I was your guy. But I, I had never seen like signs, wonders, and miracles before. <laughs> I could pray for a headache and the sniffles, but I had never seen anything like this. Well, a couple weeks before that, I had been fasting and praying. I said, Lord, I want a stronger anointing. I want to see signs and wonders and miracles like the apostles did in the book of Acts. And uh, you got to be careful what you pray for sometimes because God answers prayer. And I'm sitting there preaching on Jesus Christ, the healer. And as I'm preaching, a woman 
like a literal Bible story gets carried into my meeting. And I'm not kidding. She's in her mid eighties. She couldn't keep her eyes open. You could see a spirit of death on this woman and her friends carried her in. She couldn't bathe herself. She couldn't feed herself. She could, she couldn't clothe herself and they carried her in and they sat her right on the second row. Talk about stretching your faith. Glory to God. And you said, we're having a healing service. They said, all right, we're going to bring them. You got to be careful what you announce because the Lord's like, all right, I guess we're having a healing service, you know, And, and I'm thankful because this changed my life. This is the power of the Holy Ghost. I, I couldn't do this. The best doctors in the world don't have the cure to Parkinson's. But listen mm. to what happened to this woman. She comes in. I find out she has Parkinson's disease. And I'm just laying out the word. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the word of God is healing to your body. It's life to your flesh. So even the word, as it's starting to get inside of her, as I'm preaching, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forevermore. He healed in the Bible. He heals today. As I pray for you today, God's power is going to heal your mortal body. And I'm just preaching faith into these people, getting them ready to receive their healing. And as I'm preaching the word, I see the Holy Ghost start to touch this woman. And she could remember, she couldn't even open her eyes. She was literally looking dead on the second row. And I see her eyes start to open. And all of a sudden, she starts moving a little bit in, in the second row. And I can see that life is coming into her body. And she tries to stand up, but she didn't have enough strength to stand up yet. So two of her friends came and they helped her. They picked her up out of the seat and they walked her over to the side. And as she's walking over there, the gift of faith came on me. And when I felt the gift of faith come on me, I ran like a banshee to the back of the room and I laid my hand on that woman. And I said, I curse the spirit of death off of you now in Jesus name. And as I prayed, she just kind of stood there in shock. Remember, she was carried into the meeting and I walked back up to the front and I just kept preaching. And all of a sudden I look back there and she gets this big smile on her face and her name was Carolyn. And I said, Carolyn, how are you feeling? You look good. And she said, I feel good. And she ran from the back of the building up to the front and gave me a hug. And the anointing of the Holy Ghost healed that woman of Parkinson's disease right there in the meeting. After 30 minutes of preaching the word, that's what the anointing will do. The anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God that will obliterate any weapon that the devil's formed against your life. And that's just one of, of many stories. There was another woman. That had ND, is it endometriosis or endometriosis? Something like that. Yeah, endometriosis. Yeah, it's a, a problem in the woman parts. And I identify as a male, so I don't really know what all, all it is. <laughs> but yeah. And uh, so she's got, she's got endometriosis. And uh, as I'm preaching, I'm preaching on healing. And as I'm preaching, these people start coming out of the crowd to come, to come get their healing. I didn't even take an altar call, I don't think. They just started coming up. And as this woman came up, I felt the Holy Ghost come on me really strong. And I said, whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost. And I looked at her. When I looked at her, I'm not kidding. Some of you might be football fans. It looked like Ray Lewis in his prime. She was taken off of her feet. I was six feet away from her. Didn't even touch her. The Holy Ghost just lifted this woman up and put her on her back on the ground. And she began to like yell out. And she was totally healed in that moment by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Come on. God's power is wanting to work in your life. If you're willing to yield, if you'll hunger and you'll thirst for the anointing, God's anointing will do all the heavy lifting. Jesus said, come to me. 
My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So I want to encourage people, stir yourself up tonight. And we're going to pray for you to be anointed with fresh oil, that you walk in signs and wonders and miracles, that the next time you preach, whether it's in a Walmart, on a street corner, or on a platform, or on your phone, whether it's online or anywhere, when you preach that the anointing of God just hits the place and signs and wonders start to break out in Jesus' name. That's what I'm praying for you. You know, when you're sharing your testimonies, I am praying that there is a holy jealousy. In fact, Paul said, I went first to the Gentiles to make the Jews jealous of what God was doing. Paul hoped that him going and seeing miracles and seeing deliverance and preaching the gospel to the Gentiles would spark the Jews to say, we are tired of religion. We are tired of warming a chair. And Paul said, I, I want you to be jealous. I want to spark a holy jealousy. I'm, I'm sitting here going, when I hear these stories, I want the chat and everybody listening to get jealous and hungry and say, wait a minute, I could see miracles in my life. I don't want to live my Christian life below the standard, the inheritance, and the grace that God has given me. If my Bible says, which I know it does, that I can lay hands on the sick because Jesus lives in me, I, I want to do that. Why would mm -hmm. you not want to see the sick healed? Why would you let religion, let some bad heresy hunter YouTube channels teach you that Jesus yeah. can't do miracles anymore? Why are you even listening to preachers that are telling you about what God isn't doing anymore? Any preacher that says God doesn't do this anymore, I run as fast as... I can. I want to listen to preachers that tell me what God is doing. I want to hear stories. I want to get, and you know one thing, Taylin, I'm just going to have to say it because there's 3,000 people watching. One thing I've noticed about a lot of these Heresy Hunter YouTube channels and religious teachers, they never pray in their broadcasts. I have, I have never seen one cessationist, I'm going to be honest here, I'm going to be honest here, I have never seen one cessationist YouTube channel that actually prays during their live streams. They, all they do is teach head knowledge. There's no demonstration. It's not, you don't even have to have demonstration. Just at least pray, at least give us a chance. Give us a crumb at the master's table to receive something. But we've actually, what we've done is we've removed the supernatural element from the gospel. And all that you're left with is religion. When the Holy yeah. Spirit leaves the building, religion's all that's left. So now we have this dead, dry, plastic, synthetic, religious Christianity where there's no power of God. There's no demonstration. There's no what I call the convincing factor. They were convinced by the signs and wonders, Jesus said. In John 10, you don't believe me? Believe the miracles. John the Baptist lost faith and said, I don't even think Jesus is who he says he is anymore. And sent his disciples to go ask him after he baptized Jesus. I'm like, John, what are you doing? And John's like, I don't know. Are you the one? Or should I look for another? And then Jesus doesn't say a word, but says, cast out demons, healed the sick, and then says, go tell John what you've seen and heard. The miracles were that, that convincing element that Jesus was who he says. So what happens, Taylor, when we remove the anointing, when we remove the convincing element? We have an entire generation that says Christianity is boring, your God isn't real, and there's no evidence. I don't understand this. Like, all of these debates with atheists, no one ever brings up miracles. Why are we not bringing up miracles? Why are we not bringing up the casting out of demons when we're debating atheists? This was what Jesus said, prove the gospel. In a myriad of other religions, the miracles validate that we serve the true living God, that all the other gods are dead. All the other gods have no power, but the God that we serve has power. So it's important. But I also want to say, those that are in the chat maybe, that have grieved the anointing, have actually mm. grieved the Holy Spirit because this is something not talked about much is that you could actually grieve the Holy Spirit. You could actually 
quench the Holy Spirit according to the Bible. If you despise prophecy, you quench the Holy Spirit according to 1 Thessalonians 5.19. But I want to show you guys this in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 29 through 32. This is what it says. Now, this is going to convict all of us right now. This is going to be, all of us are going to be like, oh, that's me. Because I want to help deliver some of you from this lifestyle of grieving the Holy Spirit. One thing I know is the Holy Spirit does not like to strive with those that are living unholy. The Holy Spirit strives with holiness. So this is what it says. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Now that already disqualifies a ton of us. But look at what it says here. So that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. But look at what he ties in here, Paul, into the church of Ephesus. Do not, this is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through 32. Do not grieve God's Holy Spirit by, so how how do we grieve him? By the way that you live. So now Paul is telling us you could actually grieve God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. But then he says the way we grieve him by the way we live, he says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, Come on, chat. Don't get quiet on me now. Type something. Harsh words, slander, and all types of malicious behavior. Instead, this is what you should do. If you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, this is how you should live. Be kind to each other. Be tenderhearted. Forgive one another just as Christ has forgiven you. So he breaks down ways. Let me just give you guys a couple of these to, to write down. Number one, foul or abusive language. Now, foul means something that is rotten. That's d- dirty jokes. That's profanity. You go to the movies, you laugh at it, you watch it, you don't care, you talk about it. This is a great way to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, to you, it's not a big deal. You say, yeah, it's just a joke. It's just a little bit of humor. But to the Holy Spirit, he goes, oh, that's grieving. Grieving is when you're just like, oh man, I don't like that. That doesn't feel right. It's like, it's when somebody puts their finger on a chalkboard and you're just grieved. You're like, oh, I hate that feeling. This is what the Holy Spirit says to you. No big deal. But to me, I'm grieved. But the reason why we don't worry about it, because we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit. We're not in tune with what he's doing. So that grieves him. Number two, Paul says bitterness. This is going to hit a lot of us. This is just, this actually means to just be an unhappy person. You're constantly at conflict. You're constantly complaining. You're constantly arguing with other people. You just always have a negative thing to say about life. You're just bitter. Now, Paul oftentimes is writing from a prison cell, yet he's not bitter. Yet Paul is like, rejoice, brothers. And everyone's going like, Paul, what are you rejoicing about? You're literally in prison being persecuted, but there's this inner joy that breaks the demonic power of bitterness. So he says, bitterness, you're one of those people that never say sorry, you never receive apologies. This is grieving to God. He grieves this. Why? Because he's a God of forgiveness. So that's number two. Number three, and write this all in the chat, rage and anger. This literally translates to slandering people, speaking evil behind people's back, plotting malicious behavior. It means to plot evil against somebody. It's grieving God when you go, oh, I, I he's going to get what he has coming to him. Oh, I hope God, I hope he loses his job. He's been talking bad about me. I hope he loses his job. I hope this doesn't work out. You're plotting evil. You're going against God's will. You're wanting to, like the disciples, let's rain down fire on them. They're talking about, this is what God is saying grieves him. Also, let me give you another thing that grieves God what you watch and what you listen to come on come on am i am i preaching truth taylin we think right we think that when we watch a movie the holy spirit goes on vacation like all right holy spirit it's been good thanks for being here today you can go ahead and take a break i'm gonna go ahead and watch this but but you realize you're making the holy spirit watch it and that's why paul says sexual sin is the worst sin because you're actually he goes would you bring jesus to a prostitute of course not Yet when you commit sexual sin, that's what you're doing. 
You're joining the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God to something that's unclean. So I know this might sound cheesy or cliche or even legalistic, but I just want you guys, again, I'm not trying to ruin all your fun, but I want you before you watch a movie, every time you're going to watch it, say, would the Holy Spirit want to watch this? Would the Holy Spirit want to listen to this? Because I'm, I'm making him listen to this. So it's possible that we're just doing these things that are grieving the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, if you'll just walk in being tenderhearted, be kind to one another, forgive one another, I think we could live more in tune with the Holy Spirit. Taylor, what are your thoughts on losing the Holy Spirit, grieving the Holy Spirit? What is something that you would think, man, This I, I know that this is something that we, we need to stop doing so that we could see the Holy Spirit move strong in our lives. What are your thoughts on the grieving of the Holy Spirit? That's a great question. One thing, and I'll, I'll let people, you can go look this up. I don't remember the exact name of the message, but David Wilkerson, years ago, he had a message about a season in his life where he felt losing the anointing. The anointing. Yep. Losing yes. the anointing. I actually uploaded it on my channel. That's there. There you go. It's, it's a phenomenal message of a time where he realized he got so caught up in the mm, ministry flow. Say that he it. lost his intimacy with the Lord. Never lose the anointing. You are nothing without the anointing. Remember Jesus said he is the vine. We are simply branches. He's the source apart from him. We can do nothing. So don't lose the anointing. If you want encouragement, you want to listen to, to what David Wilkerson said, go find that video. And, and I, maybe you could put it in the description of this video when it's posted. Yeah, you'll want to watch that. I'm telling you, it's a great video. But there's two, two things that Paul says about quenching and grieving the Holy Spirit. Isaiah just read one of them. We grieve the Holy Spirit when there's sin involved. Anything that is unholy. And I even like how the Bible, remember, the Bible says if you're not happy, Technically, that's to live unholy. Part mm. of the Holy Ghost is the joy of the Lord. Remember, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat, it's not drink, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So you want to keep the anointing? The Holy Ghost is attracted to joy. Come you don't on. want to grieve the Holy Spirit by being a sad, depressed, look like you've been baptized in pickle juice kind of Christian. You <laughs> want to be full of the joy of the Lord. It says in Hebrews 1 verse 9, you're going to, you, I don't like condone tattoos, but if you got a tattoo, this would be the tattoo to get. Hebrews 1 9, it says that the reason why Jesus was anointed more than his brethren was because he loved righteousness. He hated wickedness, and therefore God anointed him more with the oil of gladness or the wow. oil of joy. That's literally what the anointing's called. It brings joy into your life. Philip in Acts chapter 8, he went in there. He tore up some devils. He healed the sick. He preached the gospel, and the Bible says there was great joy in the city. So the Holy Ghost, the anointing, will always be accompanied with the joy of the Spirit. And people are, you might get a little drunk in the Spirit. People are going to say, who are these people that are looking drunk? And you'll have to say, look, it's nine in the morning. I'm not drunk. I'm full of God, and you need to get full of God yourself. But the way you quench the Holy Spirit is religion. Come on. This will shock some people. You grieve the Holy Spirit with sin, you quench the Holy Spirit with religion, man-made tradition, dry, no anointing. When you lock the Holy Spirit out of your church, what happens is you're now quenching the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Bible says any man that is joined with God has become one spirit with him. Where does the anointing live? 
First John one or First John two, it says it abides in you. The Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, He's upon you, but He's also within you. So if you're in a religious atmosphere that shuts down the Holy Ghost, you're literally quenching the Holy Spirit from Come manifesting. On. The gifts of the Spirit can't manifest the anointing, the power of the Holy Ghost. So don't get in religious areas. Don't if you've. This is something. This will ruffle a feather. You know how many people I've run into that they know that they're in the wrong church, but because their father was Mr. Deacon on this go side ahead, and go ahead. Aunt Sally bought this pew on the other side of the church, my family's been in this church for generations. I can't leave this church. We've been tithing to this church for 30 years. That's great. Take your tithe, take the anointing, and go to a Holy Ghost-filled church. Get out of a religious church. Don't do it. Jesus said, my mother and my family, my brothers and sisters, are those that do the will of yes. God. A religious church is not doing the will of God. Now, I'm not here to like combat churches, but I'm telling you, you can feel when the Holy Ghost is quenched. Any atmosphere that condones sin from the platform, any atmosphere that speaks religion and there's no anointing on the preaching, run from it. Get away from it. Don't even be associated with it. And if you're looking for a church, come to Louisiana like I did, to Faith Church Ruston, Louisiana. It's the best church in the world. We'll get you all the anointing you can get. But get out of religious areas. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit and you don't want to quench him. I'll give you two verses that are great right now. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 in the old King James. We all know that Paul used the King James. Amen. So <laughs> Acts 2, 22 in the King James Version, it says, Jesus was a man approved by God with signs and wonders. Wow. So you know that a man That's of God good. is approved by God when the Holy Ghost is confirming the message with signs and wonders. If your pastor is not having signs and wonders, he might not be approved by God to be in the office that he's in. <laughs> Come Number on. two, I know this is, this is getting humble. We're going Strong. crazy tonight. I love it, man. You know, this is my favorite part, Isaiah. The last time we did a broadcast, we preached on holiness. And we're talking about the same thing Come again on. tonight, which <laughs> I love it, man. It's awesome because no one else talks about it. Someone's got to right. do it. That's right. John chapter 2, verse 23. And then uh, I'll, I'll dish it back to you. John chapter 2, verse 23. In the ESV, it says this. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast... Many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. In order to draw in the multitudes like Reinhard Bonnke, like Billy Graham, like Evan Roberts, like Smith Wigglesworth, like Catherine Kuhlman, like A.A. Allen, Oral Roberts, like all of these great men and women of God that have drawn in the multitudes, they will believe on the name of Jesus by the signs that follow the message. That's how they know that the power of God is real. He's not some dead, mute, dumb idol, but he's a living God. He's the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. The only way that people believe in the name of the Lord Jesus is by seeing the power of the gospel on display. And I close my case. <laughs> That's so good. So now we're going to pray. I cannot believe it's already been an hour and 20 minutes. It flies by when we're just flowing in the anointing. As we said, it's the anointing. I want to talk about receiving the anointing and we're going to pray. I'm going to have Taylor pray that you guys receive it. I'm going to give you guys basic. There's a lot of new people that are like, what in the world are you guys talking about? There's very basic steps to receiving the Holy Spirit according to the Bible. Okay. According to the Bible, there's an experience that you can have where you receive the Holy Spirit. There was people, and we won't go into a whole theological debate because it's a very big debate, but there was people after becoming believers that didn't have the Holy Spirit. And Paul came to them and they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit we believe, but we don't, we have not received the Holy Spirit. And so there was a second experience they had where they received the Holy Spirit. But I want to show you this very quick steps to receive the Holy Spirit. Not complicated at all. Number one is you must repent. 
There's no way of getting around this tail end. We know this. Every person must repent to receive the Holy Spirit. We find this in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter said, they said, what must we do to be saved? Peter said, repent and receive the Holy Spirit and be baptized. So repentance is a turning away from your rebellion, a turning away from your sinfulness, saying, Lord, change the way I think. I'm going the wrong way. I want to change directions. I want to change my mind and turning towards you. And we know in Acts 17, 30, the Bible says, the times of ignorance God overlooked. But now, so we're in the but now season, but now he commands all. So there's no one in the chat where God does not command this. He commands all people everywhere. It's like he's covering everybody. There's no one on earth that doesn't fall under this. All people everywhere to repent. Every single one of us, according to Acts chapter 17, verse 30, we must now repent. Number two, very simple steps is you need to ask God for it. We can't appeal for you. You need to ask. That's Luke 11, 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will the father give him a stone? If the son asks for a fish, is the father going to give him instead a serpent? Or if the son asks for an egg, will the father offer him a scorpion? Okay, if then you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the words of Jesus. This is basically the translation. If your kid asks you for Christmas for a, I don't know, a whatever, what does kids ask for? A doll, an action figure. You're not going to go buy your kid rat poison. You're like, oh, you wanted an, an action figure? I'm going to go buy you a bottle of rat poison. There's no one in the world that would do that. And we're considered evil parents compared to how good God is. So if we wouldn't do something bad when they ask for something good, here's how you get the Holy Spirit. You ask for it. So, well, what if I get a fake Holy Spirit or a false Holy Spirit? Did you ask for a fake one? So if you ask for something good, you're not going to get something bad. So stop being afraid. Oh, I got a bad tongues. I got fake tongues. No, you didn't. You asked for real tongues. You didn't get fake tongues. You asked for the real Holy Ghost. You did not get the spirit of the Antichrist. We have all these people afraid that they receive some fake spirit. If you ask for the real thing, he won't give you the wrong thing. Okay. Number three is you need to be thirsty. That's John 7, 37. On the last day of the festival, Jesus stood and said this in a loud voice. Now, now Taylor, I want to note this because a lot of the people say, you don't need to be loud, brother. Jesus was never loud. We don't have to be loud. Go read your Bible. The Old Testament, the prophets yelled loud. And then right here in John 7, 37, Jesus said it in a loud voice. If you don't know what a loud voice is, he yelled it, okay? So for those of you who are like, Jesus didn't yell. You, you talk too fast and yell too much. Okay, so this is Jesus yelling. And this is what he yells. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water within them. By this, he meant the spirit. So what is the living waters flowing? It says it. By this, he meant the spirit. And those who believed later to receive. Up until that time, the spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been glorified. So we need to be thirsty. That's, that's number three. Number four, we need to drink. And that's John 7, 37. Jesus said, you must drink. And this is simple. It's you saying, I'm going to participate in this. If I have a bottle of water, which I have like 20 of them right here, but I have one here and I sit this bottle of water on my desk and I'm thirsty. Shout out to Kirkland Costco. Go ahead and sponsor me. And I put this bottle of water on my desk and I'm like, man, I'm really thirsty. And I stare at the bottle. This is what a lot of you do in these broadcasts. You're like, I'm dying of thirst. I want the Holy Spirit, the living water, which is what the water is. And you stare at it and go, wow, this is a great prayer. Taylor's praying right now. I really am thirsty. You doesn't staring at, I'm still thirsty. Staring at it doesn't do anything. Staring at your pastor preach every week does not give it. I have to actually open the bottle up, put it to my mouth and participate. That's all it means. Don't just sit back tonight while we pray and go, if it's your will, I'm going to speak in tongues. That's not what the Bible says. There's no one in the Bible that just sat there and just started speaking in tongues. 
We have to actively participate. You know, Taylin, I've never just been sitting in church and then started prophesying. Like I've never just, uh, I've, I've had to open my mouth and speak out the prophetic word. So when we pray in tongues, we're not just sitting there waiting. We openly open our mouth and speak out by faith and God fills our mouth with rivers of living water. So number one is you need to repent, very basic steps. Number two, you need to ask. Number three, you need to be thirsty. And number four, you need to drink. Jesus said, if you come, come to me and drink and I will give you this. So he's already told us, we don't have to strive. We don't have to beg, Lord, please give me it. It's sitting right now on your desk, waiting for you to open it up and drink it. He's given it to you because you asked for it. And now you can drink. Someone said he's completely wrong. Well, I guess you think Jesus was wrong because I'm literally quoting word for word what Jesus said. We're now, we're going to pray for you too. Even if you think I'm wrong, you can still receive it uh, because uh, you're coming against what Jesus said. I'm just simply repeating the words of Jesus. Taylin, let's pray tonight. We want the Holy Spirit. There's 3,000 people on here by the grace of God. Thank you, Lord, that you've brought this audience tonight. We believe all people, anyone that wants it, can receive it. There's nowhere in the Bible that says only certain people get it. We could receive it. Taylor's going to pray with us and we're going to ask to receive the Holy Spirit and receive the anointing tonight. I'm going to pray for us right now. Even just while we've been preaching tonight, I've felt the anointing so strong on this message. So I, I guarantee you, you've got your faith out tonight. You're getting a touch from the Holy Ghost. And I want to stir you up in Acts chapter 10, because many people, we know that by the laying on of hands, the anointing is transferred. But it's not only by the laying on of hands. In Acts chapter 10, Peter was at Cornelius' house. And as he was preaching the gospel and he was telling Cornelius' family about the gospel, it says the Holy Ghost fell upon them and they all began to speak out in other tongues. So he didn't lay hands on any of them. He was just preaching the gospel. When you just preach the word, the Holy Ghost gets ants in his pants and he can't contain himself. He just goes ham and he'll start baptizing you in the Holy Ghost. So as I pray for you right now, doesn't matter where you're at in the world, wherever you're devices. I just want you to lift your hands up toward heaven right now. And I'm going to pray that the same fire that came on me a few years back is going to come on you tonight, that you're going to see the sick healed. You're going to see demons come out. You're going to see people's lives totally transformed. And you're going to carry the power of God to this generation, wherever you're at right now, close your eyes. And I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus mighty name, I decree and declare the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the fire of heaven to come on every person under the sound of my voice. Wherever you're at in the world right now, receive the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Any sickness, any disease, I take authority over you now. I bind you in Jesus' name. Any spirit of infirmity, come out of people and never enter their body again. I curse tumors. I curse cancer. I curse sickness and disease and the spirit of death to leave your body now and to never return. I declare life and healing over you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And those of you that have been asking for the baptism of the fire of the Holy Ghost, receive it now. Be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire to never be the same in Jesus' name. Wherever you're at, just begin to speak out in other tongues as you're getting filled. Receive fresh oil tonight. Receive a fresh anointing tonight. (laughs) And any person that you're believing for right now to be healed, I call them healed in Jesus' name. I send their word. Lord, I pray for Isaiah's father right now. 
I send the word to heal him in Jesus' name. I command the doctor's report to turn around. His finger will not be amputated. In the name of Jesus Christ, sickness, leave his body. I command his body to be healed and be whole. I send the word now, and it'll be a testimony. It'll be posted on social media. People will see the healing power of God on display in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. And people, it, they typed amen in the comments. Come on. And I'm believing, Taylor, not only you, but your children, your household. Ask the Lord to fill your house. People say, well, there's a demon in my house. Command that demon to leave your house and ask the Holy right. Spirit to come fill your house, to fill your children. We just believe right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that your children will be anointed in Jesus' name. That your kids will not be full of the devil. They will not be anointed of darkness, but that the Holy Spirit is going to anoint them right now in jesus name we pray lord fill our children fill our kids well my kids are too young there's no junior holy ghost they could be baptized john the baptist was baptized in the spirit in the womb so if they could right. if he could be baptized in the womb you could be baptized right now in jesus name father baptize our kids baptize my daughters fill them with the holy spirit and power empower mm -hmm. them lord i pray that you would guard our kids you would guide our kids you would anoint my kids anoint every one of you should be praying for your kids right now lord anoint our children so they never have to live in the darkness i pray that my kids would never have a testimony of god brought me out of this the beautiful testimony is not what god brought you out of it's what god kept you out of and i pray lord that you would keep them out of darkness you would keep them out of compromise that they would never walk the dark road that i had to walk that Talon had to walk but as for me and my house they shall we shall we will serve the mm -hmm. lord in jesus mighty name anoint our kids anoint our house anoint our marriage you know the bible says if you're married to an unbeliever your holiness covers that unbeliever so maybe you have an unbelieving husband unbelieving wife let's just pray right now the lord would fill them with his spirit the lord would convict yeah. him and the lord would knock him down off of his pride off of his high horse and the lord would anoint him right now father anoint our marriages anoint our husbands anoint our wives anoint those that are far off i pray lord that they would come back to their senses as your word says they would return to their senses like the prodigal son he's in the pig pen and he realizes i had it so much better in the father's house lord we're asking you to anoint our friends and family right now in jesus name we pray amen amen god is moving taylin i want to ask you this okay we're gonna we're gonna uh, a little bit here take up an offering that i want to sow into to your ministry but we're gonna do this first i just looked at your channel a little bit ago 157 million views on your channel in the last like what has it been maybe six months till your channel took off just share with us quickly because i want to key in on this again i want to remind those because we only had about 1200 when we shared this now we have over 3000 Guys, if you don't know, Taylin has literally gone beyond viral with the gospel. Not his message, not what he's doing with the gospel. He's gained 2.5 million subscribers in the last like three to six months. And I'm going to give a broad term. You can give us the exact way. But I remember looking at your channel, you're gaining 100,000 subscribers a day. Absolutely incredible. And I want to make sure that I point this out. This has never been done before in the Christian world in human history. Like no one has ever reached this many, many people in such short amount of time online. So you might be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm used to it, but I want to make sure we, we realize this is historic what God is doing online right now. I love Billy Graham. I love Reinhard Bonnke. Thank God for what they did in their generation, but they reached tens of millions. You're reaching hundreds of millions right now. So I want to just really key in and say, man, this is historic. This is incredible. You helped me with some of my videos. And in the last month, we've reached 50 million people on all of our platforms from some of the advice you gave me. 
We've had our biggest month ever. Just the last two months have been our biggest months ever. 50, I think 5 million views. We did like 15 million on uh, YouTube, 15 million on Instagram, I think 15 million on TikTok, and then like I think almost 10 million, something like that on Facebook. But tell me really quickly, I want to know what you were thinking when you start, started seeing your stuff take off. What were your thoughts when you're looking at your page and you're waking up with went from 100,000 to 200,000, 300,000. Share a little bit about the online revival you've been experiencing. Oh man, it, it it shook me to the core. Before I talk about that, any person that has a testimony from that prayer, I want you to go send me a message on Instagram so I can screenshot it and I can keep it. My Instagram is, out, you could probably find it, Taylor and Michael, just find me. But I want to hear your testimonies, people that got touched. But yeah, Isaiah, what happened, it was... It was mind-boggling. You know what's cool is when God does something so big that you couldn't take credit for it if you tried. Come on. Like, it's, just, it's just how it is. I, I couldn't. I, the only, I can't take any credit for it. You know, all I can say is I collaborated with God. That's all I did. I just obeyed. Come on. I like and, uh, that. Anyone that knows, I, I was starting to take off on TikTok by the grace of God. Three years ago, the Lord spoke to me. I, I mentioned earlier, and he said, get on TikTok and start preaching the gospel. So I was working three jobs at the time, but I made time for it. I'd wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. I'd post three videos or schedule them throughout the day. I did a live stream on my lunch break, and then at night I'd post hold more on, videos. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You were working, th wait, you were working three jobs, waking three up jobs. and posting about three videos a day. And so all those watching right now that say, well, I have a full-time job, I just want to stop and just say you had three jobs and yet you were still posting three times a day. Go ahead. Sorry. I had to stop and just key in and make sure we, we saw that. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's no excuse. I always remind people that I'm not like bragging that, that I just, I'm just telling so people that you know that there's really no excuse. I mean, I was working like 80 to hundred hours a week and I made time to do it. So if I could do it and the Lord could do it with me, he'll do it with you. Just make time for it, be hungry for it, and press in. And that's what I did. Starting three years ago, I started preaching on TikTok. Uh, I didn't have any success for 30 days. And then the Lord said, I want you to tell that testimony of when you picked up that hitchhiker and led her to the Lord. And it was my first video that went viral. I posted it, got 300,000 views. And all of a sudden, I went from 300 followers on TikTok to 10,000. And I was like, whoa kept going for it. And then in about six months, I had hit 500,000 and that opened some doors. And about a year later, I hit over a million. And then two years in, I hit 2.6 million. And then they banned me on TikTok. Well, right when they banned me on TikTok- Did they TikTok, tell you why I, they banned you or you just had videos getting flagged? It wasn't even, well, during elections and when, when the scandemic and everything came out, I went pretty hard. And <laughs> now I was, you're going to get us banned here. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, I, I tried kidding. to, yeah, <clears throat> I won't get too into detail. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some things that happened recently that I may or may not have got extremely involved in. Oh, what happened? Oh, we lost your camera. Can you still hear me? Yeah, we hear you, but we can't see you. All right. Camera's being restored right now. I'm going to keep speaking. I'm so sorry for technical Maybe it died, but I still hear you. It did die. Well, we got it. We got it connected. Uh, well, we bind this uh, demonic spirit in the we camera We still hear right you, now. so go ahead and talk. We still hear you. In Jesus' name. All right, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep chatting. Go We're replacing it. the well, battery right it, now. Yeah. This is a battery demon, but we are casting <laughs> this battery demon out of the camera right now. We're being restored. YouTube so, heard you, uh, man. They came and turned off your camera. That's no, right. This is the FBI. I yeah, know yeah, that yeah. the CIA is listening. Just restart the camera and start over again. And uh, so anyway, I started preaching the gospel on TikTok three years ago. And when I started preaching the gospel on TikTok three years ago, 
uh, all of a sudden I started seeing major increase. And this major increase just kept continuing to grow, continuing to grow, continuing to grow. And I kept pressing in. But about a year ago, I got onto YouTube. I'm so sorry, guys. I don't know why this is doing You're good. We uh, hear you. No worries. Hey, thank God it's at the end and not the beginning. That would have been me being like, all right, well, yeah, it's good. It's at the end. Yeah, praise the Lord. But, uh, oh, there it is. I think we're being restored. There it is. Oh, Oh. almost, almost, almost. Thanks, guys, for sticking in. We're not killing the viewer count, which is great. Praise God. No worries. We're good. Let's see. Oh, it's trying. There we go. We're back. There we are. We're back. So you're a year ago, you said you were on, you started YouTube. You started posting on YouTube. Yes. A year ago, I started uh, getting flagged on TikTok because you had asked why'd they kick you off. I don't even know. They just started flagging me for preaching the gospel. They don't like the gospel on TikTok, communist China. Yeah, I'm one, I'm one video away from getting deleted on TikTok as well. And one of them was, I was like, Jesus overcomes the Antichrist. They said, oh, that's hate speech. I'm like, what? I literally can't say anything. So yeah, I'm, I'm in that same spot. They said, you have one, one deletion away and we're going to delete your account. So Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I had to throw that so in there. That's exactly what happened to me. And, and so I had already, at the time, my buddy had started pointing out to me other creators that were growing on YouTube from YouTube Shorts. And he said, he, he just said, you know, you could do this because you already did it on TikTok. You could do it on YouTube. And it stirred me up a little bit. And I was like, ah, I, had, I didn't take advantage of YouTube Shorts for like two years when they first came out. But all of a sudden, I started seeing these other people that were seeing success. And I was like, you know what? I could do it. And I felt the unction of the Holy Spirit on it. So I pressed into it and uh, I posted for 20 to 25 days, just about 20 days. And I didn't see much success on the 20th day. This was back in June. So June 1st, I started posting. I had 7,000 on YouTube, started posting and just wait, June 1st of 2022, June 1st of 2022, I had 7,000 subs. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. My mind is just technically June 19th of 2022, I still had 7,000 subs. June 20th, boom, videos just started taking off. So for 20 days, I was, amen, in Jesus' name. I was posting three times a day. I wasn't seeing any success. And then on the 20th day, it was like delayed explosions. The wind of the Holy Ghost just came on it. And boom, videos just started hitting 100,000. And I I shot up to 10,000 subs. I woke up the next day, I had 20,000 subs. Woke up the next day, had 40,000 subs. And it just kept growing. And I was like, wow, glory to God. So I just kept pressing in, kept pressing in. And uh, I believe 30 days later, I hit over 100K, uh, maybe even less than that, or even more than that in less days than that. And then uh, about three months in, I hit the million mark. And then when that happened, I, I hit another wave. And, and it was like, it was just the Wait, grace you said of three God. months later, you hit a million subscribers. Less than 90 days, I hit a million subs. Pe- people that are not in content creation do not understand how that is. You like literally broke YouTube. That's That never happens. That does not. It takes people 10 to 15 years on average if they're going to ever reach a million. And you've done it in three months. So now you're at a million. So how did you go from a million to 2.5 million? Yeah, I, I know guys that have been on YouTube for 10 plus years and haven't even hit 100K yet. Yeah, so it's or like 10K. Yeah, or 10K. It, it was it was a miracle. God is trying to move on social media right now. So I was just moving with God. And uh, so we hit a million and then another wave came. And uh, 
there's some things people that are, I do, I do, I'm not trying to like plug my business or anything, but part of what I do for the ministry is I do consulting for other people that want to grow on social media. I help people. So if you want help, if you're a pastor, an evangelist, someone that's looking to grow on social media, I'll help you reach out to me. I'd love to help you. I've helped a lot of people already. And, uh, and I'm thankful that the Lord gives me the opportunity to, but then another wave hit. And this is when it got crazy, Isaiah. We had just hit a million, and all of a sudden, I had a video start taking off, and I just kept posting, 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 and it went, boom, viral, hit like 12, 14 million views, and it caused a momentum that went through my whole channel, and I had like seven or eight videos all hit over 5 million views back to back to back to back to back, and I grew, check this out, I grew 1.1 million subscribers in seven days. My what? highest day was 118,000 subs in one day. And I had a what? week straight where I had over 100,000 subs every day for a week straight. That's so crazy. Blew that is my so mind. crazy. And it, it hasn't slowed down much. Like it, it's, uh, and again, just so everybody knows, I'm not, I don't say any of this to like brag or anything. It's definitely the grace of God. But a slow day is us growing 10,000 subscribers a day now. That's a slow day. That was, remember, I started at 7,000, and now a slow day is growing 10,000 subscribers a day. I say that to stir people up, because if God, God's no respecter of persons. What he's done with Isaiah, what he's doing with me, what he's doing with so many others, he'll do it with you. Come on. Start with where you're at. I started at zero. Everyone starts at zero. Just start and watch God do it. God will, he's raising up young people in this generation that will carry the glory of God even on social media. Now you are the biggest Christian YouTube channel, which you said Joel Osteen's is bigger, but that doesn't count. I'm not going to be rude here, but I'm talking about like a solo creator. You know, he has a whole corporation behind him. You are the biggest, I'm a YouTube nerd. That's where I spend all my time is on YouTube, but you're the biggest solo Christian creator now on the platform. And I guarantee this is going to happen, which you already know it will. You will be the first Christian creator to get a 10 million subscriber button on YouTube plaque. You know, they give you the plaque at 10 million, which is crazy to me. This is crazy. This is, again, I want to remind you guys, 157 million views in the last few months. This is historic. So I, I praise God for you. I praise God for what God is doing with you. I think we need more people that are just on social media preaching. And what I love about you is you said, you went on live on Instagram and said, hey, everybody steal my ideas, steal my content, steal my format. You don't care. A lot of these Christian creators out here are fighting. Oh, don't take my content. Don't take my font. Don't take my colors of my stream. I'm like, man, we need everybody to be doing this. Everybody out there. So I love your heart. You don't care about numbers. You don't care about people following. You're like, hey, just do it. And I'm going to keep posting. And you're helping pastors now. You said you just got off a call yesterday or today with pastors teaching them how to do it. So man, I just honor your humility. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, you're going to get prideful. I believe God's going to keep you humble in Jesus name and that you're just going to keep going and you're going to hit 10 million. Just don't remember, don't forget us small guys out here when you're at the 10 million, you know, hey, we got to get some crumbs too. throw us a crumb from under the table. You know what I'm saying? You know what? A lot of people forget that God did not create this world for the devil and his children to enjoy. Come God on. created this world for his children to enjoy and for his children to prosper. Come and on. Uh, guys like Mr. Beast and all these other people that have the biggest YouTube channels on the planet that aren't serving God, those channels are not reserved for them. They're reserved for you. 
Come God on. reserved these platforms for his children, for people to rise up and to preach the gospel all over the world. You just got to rise up in a spirit of faith and go possess the land like Joshua and Caleb did. Just get out there and start posting. Just believe God and God, his hand will come upon you and he'll do the heavy lifting. Jesus does all the heavy lifting, but those positions, those platforms, they're reserved for us. They're not reserved for the devil. They're reserved for us to hasten the coming of the Lord Jesus so that we can get raptured, we can get out of here, and I can go enjoy the marriage supper of the land, and we can come back and rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years. Come so on. You can help me out. You can help us out. Preach the gospel. Get online and do it. And like Isaiah said, I have a video on my Instagram account where I, I give away a ton of secrets, and I basically tell you to go copy all my content uh, to just go and do what I did, and you have my full permission. Anybody watching this right now, a lot of people already do, which I love. I, love it. It. I see people doing my videos all the time, which I'm so happy to see. But you have my full permission. Take whatever parts of my content that you want and go and remake them. Do your own thing. Do whatever with them. Copy them. Get the gospel out to this generation. You have I love it. Permission. And I have your, your not that you need me to, but those of you asking, I have his channel linked down below in the description. I don't know why. What, I don't know, bro, what this means, why they're asking, but they've been nonstop asking how old are you and are you single? I don't know what it means. I don't know why people are asking that. I'm sure no one's ever asked you that before. But um, yeah, so I guess you're gonna have to answer that question. I don't know. I don't know if we have people in here that think God's leading them or something. What's going on here? Yeah, people feel led to get married all of a sudden. Huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, Lord. <laughs> I, I, I'm 26 and I am not single. Uh, I happily have a girlfriend that I intend to marry. Come on. Uh, Praise the so Lord. I, I, yeah, we, we court here. Remember, Christians, we don't date. We don't do things like the world. We court. We're pursuing marriage. And uh, the Bible says that a man that finds a wife finds himself a good thing Amen. and obtains favor from the Lord. So I'm seeking extreme favor from the Lord. And uh, I do. I am happily in a relationship. So thank awesome. you for asking. Awesome. Awesome. So yes, ladies, he's going to be married soon in Jesus name. And yeah, 26. Amazing, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for being on. We're going to do this again soon. Thank you so much. I'll be texting you later because I want to send you something, but I'll get you off here now and, and let the chat give. And if you want to jump in the chat, that'd be great. You could post your link. I'll have the mods posted. I'll have a description, all that good stuff as well. Thank you so much. I love you. Thanks, I'm blessed man. by you. And, uh, I honor you. God Thank bless you, bro. You, Thank you. God bless. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.